This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. Welcome to the Side Alpha Podcast. You know, I've heard it said, and frankly, I preach that if it isn't written down, it didn't happen. And as we've learned, and, and probably more important than simply writing it down is, um, I'll add this, if there isn't data to support what's written down, it doesn't matter anyways. Today's guest is Fire Chief John Oates, who also happens to be the new CEO of the International Public Safety Data Institute, or as you will hear it referred to, the IPSDI. Before we dive into the data, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Side Alpha podcast is sponsored by L3 Harris Technologies. When the heat is on, you go all in, and L3 Harris will be right there with you. The XL Extreme 400P radio is tailor-made to meet the most rigorous fire standards. Learn more at L3Harris.com backslash fire. We are thrilled to have with us today Chief John Oates, the brand new CEO of the International Public Safety Data Institute. Chief Oates served as fire chief of the East Hartford Fire Department in Connecticut for 13 years, focusing much of his efforts on firefighter health, wellness, and safety. Chief Oates served as the president of the Connecticut Fire Chiefs Association and has held various positions with national fire organizations, including the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, the First Responder Center for Excellence, uh, serving on several NFPA committees, and as uh, an implementation specialist with Dr. Sarah Janke and the Center for Fire Rescue and EMS Health Research. And of course, as of late 2021, he's now heading up the IPSDI. Chief, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate the opportunity to chat for a little bit with you about IPSDI and fire service data. Yeah, so I think it was someone who came before you, somebody that was flying the plane before you that said, um, if it's uh, if there isn't data to support it, it doesn't matter. So I add that to the, um, you know, you got to write it down. Well, you also got to have data to support it. So that predecessor before you, uh, she's now our chief fire chief. So there's no pressure there, right? No, none, none whatsoever, and and I appreciate the the vote of confidence from Dr. Moore Merrill as she left to to go be the U.S. Fire Administrator to offer my name to the IPSDI Board of Directors as I can't even say a, a replacement because you you can't really replace somebody of of Lori's talent and intellect, and I'm I'm honored for the opportunity and look forward to the to the things that IPSDI does with, with all of their engaged partners. Yeah, you know, they say that it's awful big shoes to fill when somebody moves on like that, but I'm thinking you're not going to be wearing her shoes anyway. So I appreciate the the sentiment of what you said. Is uh, It's it's not about being a replacement. It's about the next chapter. Uh, so you, you mentioned Dr. Lori Moore-Merrill uh, having founded the IPSDI and uh, they've handed the reins over to you. I know you did some work uh, for them prior and had spent quite a bit of time assisting her with different um, elements. Uh, could you give our listeners uh, a little 
background on your uh, data background, if you will, and explain how it feels stepping into this new role. Absolutely. So I, I think we'll, we'll work backwards. Um, I was I was doing some subject matter expert work for for Lori on a, a variety of smaller projects, and then she was asked to participate in the the transition team for the Biden administration and asked me to cover a couple projects, which I did. Um, and I and I got to that point of of being able to have those conversations largely because you know the work of a of a 2020 fire chief lends itself to to being intimately involved with every piece of data that that your community development develops and your your fire department sure. leverages if you're not as a as a local fire chief and I don't care the scale of the organization if you're not heavily invested in in the the data that your organization creates and turning that into actionable information to help you make decisions um, you're probably struggling more than than even and, and that's not to say that that fire chiefs that there's a fire chief that doesn't struggle if you're not using those tools you're you're probably struggling more than you need to yeah yeah and in your role in um, East Hartford can you give an example where data may have played a role in making improvements for your department so I, I'll, I'll use two examples, both of which are, are one was unexpected. One was one was planned it, very early in my tenure. We looked at our wellness fitness program, which they'd had a wellness program well before I got there. Yeah. Um, but the, the medical physical aspect of it was not as good as it could be. And as we ventured into a new arrangement with our occupational health provider, who became a tremendous partner in that process, we developed a lot of good information and data and, and looked at what the savings, the direct savings was from that program. And when we demonstrated that savings from a robust medical physical program and a, and a robust wellness program, it translated into savings from a workers' comp perspective, a time return to work perspective, and overall health and wellness of the member perspective. So that was that was an early on in my my tenure around 08, 09, where we where we did that. One of the surprising ones was in the early phases of the pandemic. Um, and and I'll I'll freely admit that we borrowed the the initial concept from a department in the state of Washington because they were early affected early affected early in the pandemic um, was the ability to link the people in the community that were COVID positive with addresses, with 911 calls to provide a better ability to understand when you're responding to an address that there was a COVID positive patient at that address. So using those three kind of distinct and different data sources to, to provide information to responders became something really, really important particularly in the early days of the pandemic when there was so much uncertainty and so much that wasn't known about how we approach responding in the, the COVID era. And that, again, became valuable from an exposure tracking perspective, became valuable from a response perspective, from you know, conservation and use of PPE and knowing what to do and what not to do. And it, it was a, a novel a novel concept that that really made a huge difference in what we did during that time period. Yeah, sounds like it. You know, your first part, where you talked about 
um, the, the data on the health program really for for those that want to relate it to something really is the iso concept right that uh, if you make improvements over here you're going to see less of damage over here or less loss over here so it's the same concept for the fire uh, centric folks that can't think a little bit outside that box what you described is exactly that it's you know um data supporting health just like data supports those insurance service ratings it, and it it becomes incredibly important and, and particularly this moment in the the calendar year when so many fire chiefs and local governments are preparing to enter into the budget season is we're we're at an evolution in the in the fire service and in, in fire chief leadership that you can't walk into whatever your governing body is. I don't care if it's a tax district, county government, municipal city, water selectmen, fire board, whatever it is in your universe that, that gov- provides governance for your fire department. You can't walk in there as the fire chief and go, I think or I feel or I believe it's going to be X. You're, you can't do that. Not in 2020. I'm, I can make the argument probably we never should have done it that way. But you need to walk in and go, the the data we have indicates this. The information that we have shows that this will be the outcome. Taken together, these are the things that we need to do in order to better protect our community. If you just walk in if and, and look, we've all done it. I, I did it. I'm sure, Chief, in, in your roles, at one point you did it. Walk in and go, look, I, I think this is what's going on, and I think this is where we need to go. That that's not that's not a good answer anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly uh, there. There is so much opportunity. Um, this was an interesting discussion I was having the other day with some folks. There's so much opportunity for people to fact check your thinks today. That uh, coming in with that mindset, and, and I'm specifically referring to the internet, you know, at everybody's fingertips. There's so much opportunity for people to fact check those I thinks that you can't walk in with I think anymore. You have to walk in with the answer or, or, or the solution or multiple solutions and and be prepared to support those with uh, with data. So, you know, absolutely right. I, I 100 percent agree that at some point in my earlier career, there were times where I walked into a commission or a council meeting and said, I think. And today I wouldn't even. I, I couldn't fathom that. Well, so. and like I said, I, it's it's not an indictment. We've we've all done it, but right. I think we know well enough today that we can. And I think in addition to from the the direction you went, is not only the the person that's going to fact check you, is is when they when you do get fact checked or when somebody says, well, okay, but why? Or how come? Or what does that matter to the person that the work lives at the corner of walk and don't walk? It's like, well, what does it matter to them? And to be able to have the data and information in a way visually represented in a way that makes it easy to explain that to to everybody, to every stakeholder in the community, to every member of the fire department, to your to your leadership team, to the local government officials. Go look here. It is what it is. Here's here's what shows what we're doing. Here's what our community looks like. Here's what the impacts are. Here's what the impact of change is. Here's what the impact of doing nothing is. And sure. it's it's incredibly valuable in in the the sphere that we operate in today. Yep. So let's talk a bit about uh, IPSDI and um, kind of want you to give a, a refresher to our folks. And I say a refresher because we did have Dr. Moore on um, about a year ago. And 
uh, you know, she kind of explained, and and you know that high energy pace that she talks at, right? So she she explained what um, IS, uh, IPSDI is about. But if you could kind of give our folks a refresher, uh, and maybe also give a hint of what you're going to bring to the table in your new role to continue the uh, the evolution of uh, IPSDI. Absolutely. So. The, the genesis of IPSDI, which is literally, you know, Lori's brainchild and supported by a bunch of partner organizations, including the IFF and the IFC and the Urban Institute and the University of Texas and, and, and NIST and NIOSH and, and UL, when they first did the high-rise experiment and then the single-family dwelling experiments and then the EMS experiments to try to quantify some of these things that the fire service did and we'd say well we need x in order to do that to really prove it in a in a very specific nuts and bolts hard way that says nope the data and science says that it takes this long and this many people to reach this outcome and as that evolved it became clear that there was this massive gap in the fire service relative to how we use data how we craft data, how we explain data, and how we use data in our decision making, and that led to the to the formation of the of the institute. And since that time, the institute operates in in three connected um, but but slightly different spheres. Is there's the the Ramsey Analytics, which is the the National Fire Operations System, which allows users to visualize their data and the activity of their organization. There's the N4s exposure tracker app, which is uh, an app-based or, or web-based tool that allows members to track their exposures to building fires and potentially traumatic events or hazardous materials incidents so they can create a career diary. So God forbid if they have a cancer, cardiac, behavioral health claim or some other sort of thing over their over their career life, they can just go to their app instead of digging through a pallet of paper, they can go through their app and go, look, these are the calls that I've done. This is what's going on. And then we have a number of of research projects with with partner organizations to help supply data or analytics or data science to projects that people like UL, like NDRI, like NIOSH are doing to help better the fire service moving forward. Specifically to me, I think it, it's my job to make sure all of those things live. And as we engage users, like, all right, how do we make it better? How do we make the app more intuitive? How do we feed better information into the app to allow a user to have a more broad sense of, of their, their work and their career? How do we continue to add data elements to the N4's analytics to allow fire chiefs, a company captain, a zone area manager, a local government official to be able to look at the analytics on the page and see very clearly the intersection of everything that's going on in their community from a from a fire perspective. So. A lot of and and I think the other piece that that is is going to be important and that we're we're working on is to help fire chiefs, firefighters, company officers, local government officials better understand that. Because chief, I don't know about you, but it wasn't until I was in grad school at Oklahoma State where a lot where I spent a lot of time at an academic level paying attention to data and analytics and 
and what data analysis looks like and what big data is, it's not something that most fire chiefs and fire officers get excited about. It's not something they often get wired to to be enthusiastic about or to pay attention to. So I think there's a niche and a need for us to help, particularly community-sized fire departments that don't have a ton of IT infrastructure, that don't have a, a ton of administrative overhead, that are struggling literally to get the fire apparatus out the door to provide service, but yet provide them the opportunity to have access to these sorts of things and do it in a way that makes it simple, easy, and understandable to everybody across the organization. So some of the things that I'm excited about looking at as we go into 2022 and 2023, and naturally, you know, some of it's, some of it's customer driven. When, when one of our, one of our users comes to us and goes, Hey, we think it needs to do X, or we'd like to be able to see why, then that's something that, that we take into consideration and the the wicked smart development people that that are turning the levers in the background can can make those things happen. Yeah, no, and that's it, great that you know the users have the opportunity to reach out and say, hey, uh, let's have, make that widget do this, or can you you know can you make this look this way or interact with that program? Um, you know, it, that's definitely something in the fire service that is all these other. And it's nothing you can control, I know, but as all these other uh, related programs and software and um, just different things that people use to conduct their day-to-day business, as those things evolve, the need to interact and um, interface with those different programs is something that's certainly going to be a challenge. But you said you've got some uh, wickedly smart IT people that uh, can make that happen and that sounds uh, sounds like you're you're ready to go with that. Well, and and the the backbone of of what feeds N fours in a in a department is is to to ingest the information from their computer computer aided dispatch from the records management platform from the other platforms that they have that are valuable to them to again to to provide a robust rather than just having okay well I've got a picture of what my CAD system says. And then over here, I've got something that my learning management system says and something over here that my records management system says to be able to ingest all of that and to portray it in a visual manner that that adds value to the organizations is, is incredibly important because, you know, otherwise you've got 47 different interfaces and and siloed up programs that don't talk to each other and you can't extract all of that into a usable format without without putting it together yeah and this is one of those rabbit holes that i'm not going to go down too far but those interfaces you paid sixty-seven thousand dollars for each one of them and my goodness it seems like there should be one solution so i appreciate that you guys are able to work through that with uh, the smaller departments as you mentioned that don't have all that support and may not have the ability to get all those interfaces so um, that that's good that you can work with them hopefully you, you know, I read a quote about data, uh, and, and the quote said, uh, we can't keep using 1981 procedures, techniques, and data to solve 2021 problems. Can you expand on that a bit and maybe give some examples of where the fire service is, is falling short? Sure. And I, I think it you go back to any time we get in a jam, you know, whether somebody questions an expenditure or, you know, the, the most 
emotional of, of conversations where somebody says, well, we we're broke and we got to close the firehouse and, or we have to make some dramatic change. And, and the, the instinct oftentimes is we go back and start parsing through the simplest measure that we can find. And that's, that's response time. And well, response time is going to be X if we do that, but that's great. But, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but so what, you know, what does that mean? Because response time is one of those was one of those singular dimension kind of kind of measures that that needs to be incorporated with a whole bunch of things to to figure out effective firefighting force and standards of cover and and all these sorts of things. So the the and it's even beyond 81. If you go back to the 1947, the Truman Report, they talked about the need for improving fire service data. And we've made these kind of incremental improvements over time. But it's it's more useful for the fire chief, for the local government official, and beneficial to the organization and the community if we can say with some level of certainty that, okay, if you move this fire station from this neighborhood to that neighborhood, here's the impacts on both. Here's what it takes to get an effective firefighting force into that neighborhood. Here's what it takes from time of call, call processing time, turnout time, road time, assembly time, operations time to get from somebody calling 911 or a a local central station alarm activation for a fire to water on fire. Here's what that looks like across that whole spectrum. And that's a lot more than than just saying, well, it took us eight minutes to get there. What? Well, awesome. That That's good. But what did you do after you got there? Is that one responder in a pickup truck or is that an equipped engine company? Is that a full assignment? What do those things look like? And to be able to do that in a, in a way, as as you said, you know, at, at the beginning of the conversation, that that withstands the the assault of of being fact checked. That's very apolitical. That's you know, the data is what the data is. And we can help paint that picture in a way that that does a better job explaining what that means in the context of of 2021 or, or now you know what what and not too far off is going to be 2022 um then then maybe we did in the past yeah yep so looking at things from multiple data points instead of that singular uh focus certainly makes a makes a huge difference so good stuff uh, let's take a second hear a brief word from our sponsor when safety is the top priority you need more than just a radio Meet the XL Extreme 400P, tailor-made to meet the most rigorous fire standards. This radio withstands blasts of heat up to 1,700 degrees and repeated 3-meter drops. Built with materials from their space division and their tactical comms, this is one tough radio that you're going to need. Schedule a demo today at l3harris.com backslash contact dash US. Chief, this could be a complicated question here, and I'm hoping you can unravel it a bit. Uh, but are there simple ways that departments can leverage technology with respect to this whole data d- discussion? And um, if you need to break that into smaller or volunteer departments, you kind of brushed it a minute ago, or larger departments, we can do that too. But maybe some simple ways departments could leverage technology to help with this data discussion. I'll start with with one of the simplest because I think we've clearly identified you've talked about it with a variety of guests in your in your podcast that you know recruitment and retention in volunteer and combination departments is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, health, wellness, 
and fitness of the America's Fire Service is a challenge. We're, we, we worry about cardiac cancer, behavioral health emergencies, and, and you got to wonder whether th- that is, is having an impact on recruitment and retention. So the, the exposure tracker app is one of the simplest things that, that people can do. And, I, and I'll relate a story that, you know, we're, we struggled with in my, my prior department when somebody came down with a diagnosis that, you know, mandated us to go do some research. We literally went through a pallet of paper to find out what that member's exposures were. Well, there's gotta be a better way. And the, the, the be able to, to have that, that career diary for free and it's fed by you and controlled by you and it's protected information. Nobody's ever going to see it is, is a massive tool. When you talk about, you know, things that even the smaller organizations can use the, the fire cares website, which was, was developed before n was, and, and you can get it at, at firecares.org has a ton of data in it that, that you can look at your fire station locations and how long it takes you to get to places and, and a, a treasure trove of things that that departments can lever, leverage to help make their AFG applications more thorough, to help answer questions from local government officials. And that's already built. They don't have to have anything other than an internet connection and a, and a browser to be able to, to log into FireCares and take a look. And then as you progress, and part of the challenges, I, you mentioned it, the, the smaller places might have a couple tablets for, for doing patient care reports. They might have some onboard technology, but it may not give us all the information that we want. And, and some of that is, what do you need in order to make your response to your serve your community better? It's not what is the coolest. It's not about the shiny new object. It's like, all right, we're, we're in the business the very simple business of providing fire and emergency services to the citizens of our visitors of our community, period, dot the end. And everything we should do, everything we do should should support that in some form or function. And if you're using something that doesn't do that, then we got to ask, why are we doing that? So as we get to the middle, the medium sized community communities and departments, particularly those that are located in places of the country that might still be growing that. All right. What's my tipping point to to where? I might need another company or another station. What's the growth rate? What are where are the building depart where are the building permits going? What's my community doing in, in the growth growth phase? And and what does that mean to my fire department? And and using technology to help answer those questions. And then as we get to the larger built out communities where the only thing that that's left is is to go vertical to you know you see smaller buildings being torn down to to, to make taller buildings. What are the the challenges there that that perhaps we never saw before. And again, how to explain that in a way that makes it simpler and smarter for everybody to understand. Um, there's been a lot of certainly in, in chief in your career lifetime, in my, my career lifetime, there's been a lot of technology adjuncts that have been supplied to the fire service to help make us better and the ability from everything from thermal imagers to tablet computers to portable radios that are really mini computers today all of those things are designed to help us do it smarter safer and better better service to the community data and analytics are no different it's just a little bit more technical and beyond the scope of of what a lot of people think they can do but it's it's not that hard once you start yeah how about uh, how about those larger departments? Um, you know what's what's going on out there that 
um, either you see positive or not so positive uh, or improvements they could make in leveraging technology or are they are they doing pretty good? Well, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of we have a lot of larger the park city of Boston, uh, Miami-Dade that are that have been invested in in N4s from from the very start and, and see the value Particularly, you know, when you get that large, you probably have some level of decentralized um, political construct where you maybe have a ward councilman or somebody that's representing this neighborhood that's going to ask questions like, "I, right, but but what does that mean to my neighborhood? What can I tell my constituents about what's going on in this section of the city? And a data analytics platform can do that. Um, the, the larger, you know, there, I don't want to. You know as well as I do. There's no part of this that's that's easy to to say that it's easier in a in a small organization than a big organization. They're all hard. Sure. It's just degrees yeah. of you know the degree of difficulty, um and and certainly in the in the huge air you know I use the term uh, the the aircraft carrier sized fire department. It it's incredibly hard to to change course. It's incredibly hard to move them, particularly when you're you're not sure what we need to do in any given moment. Um, the budget pressures are massive because you're talking about any any new program is is a big nut to to crack. But again, having having the data and the information, and and I think those are two different things. You know, we're surrounded by data, but we're short on information. It's like what is it what does it tell us? A five you know 50 column Excel spreadsheet has a lot of data in it, but what's the information that as a as a fire service leader or chief of department? that I can pull out of that to help inform my decision-making. So um, a lot of people doing really, really good things out there. And I, I think it's up to us to help support that and continue to leverage that to, to help them have the successes they need at, at the, the level where it matters, where there's that interface between a firefighter or a fire department employee and a citizen that has an emergency. You know, you've mentioned uh, infers and, and fire cares. Um, I want to talk a bit about that, Chief. And uh, just in uh, kind of to set up the discussion, Fire Administrator Moore uh, has already made it clear that updating NIFRS will be a priority for her in the administration. Uh, granted, it, that comes with the need for some money, so she's got to work through those processes. It's not going to happen overnight. But can you explain the relationship uh, for the fire service folks that have to think through this and have to be able to sell it to their financial people, the relationship of infers, infors, and fire cares, uh, and and how the infors and fire cares tools help all of us. Certainly. So when you when you get a data dump from whatever records management system you're using to do your infers 902 reports, all you have in front of you is what got put on that page by whomever the member was filling out that report. A task that even the most engaged, data savvy company officer or chief officer on the planet doesn't really appreciate doing. And at the same time, gets really, really frustrated when they get seven menus down and still can't find the thing that fits the niche for whatever that they want to fill out. So they check, um, you know, the the whatever box and, and move on. Right. So that's. You don't know how many times you don't know how many times <laughs> I've heard a firefighter say just that. Yeah. Whatever. Like, you know, I I saw an example the other day where somebody was was exceptionally frustrated because they did a fire and a piece of construction equipment that it 
took like an hour and 40 minutes to do the run report because of the complexity once you get into construction equipment. And I understand all of the things that drove the formation of the system to gain that level of detail. Yeah. However, it is it has rendered the system um, very complex and, and very difficult for the for the end user. So again, what does that what does that mean for N4s and, and fire cares? When you look at the other things that included in N4s and fire cares that help inform that visual representation, it's not just the N4s report. It's your census data. It's all of your community information. It's your member information. It's the what did you do when you got their information to help provide. It's the weather. It helped provide a more robust picture of what's going on. Um, the N4s is a is a subscription system that because it it costs us money to to warehouse your data in a secure environment where it's it's safe and it's protected. Um, but the value of being able to have that both on a dashboard on your desk and in a, and as a tool to help inform local government leaders is huge. Um, so yeah, we look forward to really excited about what Dr. Moore is, is able to do and the entire team of the U.S. Fire Administrator Administration to to look at like all right, how does how does the U.S. Fire Service use and con, um, consume data and how in that case how do we create data at the very ground level for company responses in a in a way that that helps inform decisions. Yeah. So, I mean, basically what we're saying is that, you know, as infers is updated, that um, it's safe to say that uh, IPSDI is constantly looking at ways to improve the interaction of infors and things like the exposure tracker and um, all of those different pieces uh, for the end user, working to make improvements to make it more user friendly. Absolutely. And you look uh, across, you know, nothing in the technology sphere should remain static. It's the the pace of change is massive. The needs of the consumers are sub substantial. And, you know, an example would be, you know, two years ago when when we started going, OK, well, we need to track COVID exposures within Enforce to be able to visually represent both at the at the shift level and the member level of, of how many people are getting um, having exposures. What does that mean to the community? What what perhaps does that mean for a public health response as more and more states and provinces get um, presumptive coverage for cardiac cancer and behavioral health, it puts a greater demand on on the app. And we're working hard to to make that a more effective tool to clean up the the challenges that that come from working in that sphere, because you have to make you have to make Apple happy and you have to make the Android folks happy and you have to make sure that you do it in a way that, you know, people are putting their information in there. So it has to be incredibly protected, as we've we've seen over the past couple of weeks that that cyber attacks, you know, that that affect fire services are are a thing. Then we have to make sure that we protect our our users' data in a way that that keeps it safe. Yeah. Okay. So I mentioned in the beginning you've worked with a lot of other uh, fire service organizations, the NFFF and others. Can you talk about our safety initiatives overall and how data uh, ties into those safety initiatives and maybe not just how it ties into them superficially, but from a, a, a financial perspective, 
and a, um, you know developmental perspective. How does data tie into all these safety initiatives? Well, I think it, it it touches a little bit of everything, and I'll use a a very, I mean, it's as simple as it is. It's it's really complex. We go back to the recommendation that surrounding turnout gear that we would like every member to have two sets, and that the standard think recall requires you to retire gear after 10 years and people look at go yeah but why and so what and why do i need two two sets of gear (laughs) and then you look at you look at the and 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 let's not let's not forget for a minute the departments that struggled to get one set of gear for every member sitting there going like really i have to have two no question so you go okay well then you look at at the research that was done to try to quantify well what after we wash our gear, what's clean look like? How do we know what clean is and, and what what sort of soaps, what sort of washer, what sort of, sort of process do we have to follow so we can hand it back to a member and go, your gear's clean and, and know that they're not carrying a, a, a bunch of dirty stuff around. Okay, well, why does that matter? Well, you track that back to what was the research done to member exposure to carcinogens even through the turnout gear because you're, you're hot and your pores open up and you start, start absorbing all these all these nasty things. Well, that was, again, a data informed process and decision and research project that said, okay, this is, this is what's going on. We need to make adaptations within the fire service to make it better. The same, you know, it's almost like pick one for, for every, you look at in the, in the, the, the core document that a lot of people look back to is the fallen firefighters foundation, 16 firefighter life safety initiatives, pick one of those life safety initiatives. And it's grounded in some data research that some of the bright people that are working for us in the fire service, the, the Denise Smith, Steve Kerber's, Dan Madrakowski's of the world that are coming up with this phenomenal information, that's all informed by data and it's all leads us down a path to be able to explain to people, again, whether they're right and facing backwards at engine two or sitting in front of you at a city council asking you questions during your budget presentation of why you need money to replace PPE on X segment of time. All of those things are interrelated. Yeah. No, absolutely. Big picture stuff. And I think a lot of times fire chiefs get uh, trapped in the I am the fire chief, therefore it shall be mindset uh, when the reality is, and here's one fire chief saying it, you're just a figurehead. The data tells your story and you're the storyteller. So either uh, you develop, you find and develop the data uh, to tell your story so that you can tell your story appropriately or someone else is going to tell it for you. So. Abs- absolutely. And the, and the other piece of that is it's, you know, not that it was ever easy, but, but fire chiefing in 2022 is hard and I'm trying to figure out how am I going to pay the diesel bill? How am I going to keep the lights on? How am I going to get people trained? Because we're not sure whether we can get everybody back together again how do I track down more members because I'm, I'm down to, you know, 10 or 12 people that are showing up routinely to, to the first call for an alarm and, and all on and on and on and on. And again, I don't care. Career volunteer combination, urban, suburban, rural, all of those things come to come to bear and it makes it hard to just, you know, keep the lights on and doors open every day. And when you start talking about big picture things and, Hey, do you think about this? You're like, man, I don't even have time, yeah. but, but, yeah. but it's, it's, it's the, you know, it's, 
it's the problem. Like, well, you don't have time not to, you don't have time to, but the, the impact of not doing some of these things is even worse than the, you know, than just ignoring it. You're, you're creating more of a problem for yourself. Yeah. It, it, it really is the difference between success and failure, being able to articulate, uh, quantify and articulate your issues. Um, it's going to be the difference between success and failure. Chief, if you had, uh, one or two takeaways for our listeners, maybe first about uh, IPSDI and and second about data for the fire service in general. What would those takeaways be? So so certainly let's take the let's look at the big picture first is we as an industry need to be better at at how we use data and turn it in into into information to allow action to occur when it needs to occur. It's it's something the fire services struggle with, as I said, since 1947. It's one of the things that that other, other, other public safety genres seem to do better than we do. And, and we look at it and go like, well, what, why are they getting more grants and more funding and more things? It's like, well, maybe they're telling a better story and a more detailed story than we are. So it's incumbent on us as, as the generation of fire service leaders that's that's in place today is to to harness that knowledge and harness that data and harness that information to to improve every corner of the fire service moving forward. As as that applies to to IPSDI, we're here for it. You know, we're we're trying to operate in every segment that that fits a niche for us. And that's not every segment of the fire service, but but research, data analytics, helping inform, helping people solve their problems, creating partnerships with research groups to to help them get valuable projects off the ground that might not bear fruit tomorrow. But down the road, you can look and go, that's going to make the fire service better, because I think that's really what what all of us are about is or what are the things that we can do to leave our departments better prepared, our communities better serviced, and our fire service as a whole in a better position than it was when all of us walked in the door on day one. Yep, absolutely. We've been talking with uh, Chief John Oates, uh, new CEO of the International Public Safety Data Institute. I want to capture a little bit of what we talked about here. Uh, he talked Chief Oates talked specifically about turning data into actionable information. Data by itself is just data. Uh, needs to be um, put into the formats that it needs to be put into and related to the things it needs to be related to to create actionable information. Uh, he talked about how we are in an evolution of the fire service where you can just no longer walk in and say, I think. And we talked about how it's so easy for people to fact check and fact is probably the wrong word, it, that's an action, but to fact check your I thinks uh, with the internet at their hip uh, at every instant now. Um, specifically, we were talking there about having to support the data. Uh, he talked about uh, IPSDI's uh, role with, analytic, uh, with analytics, the INFERS database uh, and various research projects and collaborative projects. I worked with uh, Dr. Moore on um, the high rise in the single family project back when that was happening. And at the time had no idea uh, the impact that we would be having on working with her on those projects. So uh, certainly IPSDI is uh, leading the way with that. I've talked about looking at decision making from multiple data points as opposed to single uh, single faceted single data points. Uh, response time in and of itself isn't the only data point to be looking at when you're trying to justify things uh, for response time. We talked about the different uh, 
software programs and uh, the exposure app and we talked about infers and infors and fire cares we talked about how all those things relate and, and why they make a difference for the fire service and then finally we talked about how uh, the industry needs to turn data into action and how IPSDI uh, is here to lead the research and analytics to get these research programs off the ground for a better future for the fire service. That's all we have time for today. Uh, we've been talking with Chief John Oates, the new CEO of the International Public Safety Data Institute. This is Mark Bache, your executive editor for FireRescue1.com and FireChief.com. Have a great day on purpose. Keep safe, stay smart, and take care.